You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Yes. All right. Now, I tell you, you were right. There is some excitement in the room. And we're pretty chocker here too. My goodness. 9 a.m. Thank you, Zara. Okay. Good morning, church. Do you guys want to know a funny story? I'm not supposed to be preaching this morning. Online, I'm not supposed to be preaching this morning, all right? Steve woke up today and he went to open his mouth and the words just did not come out. There was no sound when he opened his mouth. He has lost his voice and he handed me the iPad and said, babe, you need to learn this message. (laughs) So here I am preaching a message that the Lord has written and I just, can you just pray for me this morning as I preach? Yeah, thank you. All right. Welcome to those watching online. It's so great to have everybody. Can we just welcome our online campus? Kia ora and no my hide my to all of those who are visiting as well with us today. Guests, we just, we actually honestly, like, bottom of our hearts. Hey guys, we love having visitors here. We really love to see new people coming in and we just hope that you feel at home here. We hope that you're blessed by today. As Steve said on the video, we are starting a series today called Unnamed. Um, And uh, I I not only feel unnamed, I feel unprepared. I feel all sorts of unwords, but we've got this, right? Okay. All right, well, I want to start today the story that we're going to start with. The person that we're going to start with uh, is an unnamed man in Scripture, and he's simply known as the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross. We're going to be looking at Luke 23 today. Verse 39, we're starting with that verse. It says, One of the criminals who were hanged railed railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? Since you and I are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is such a powerful and beautiful picture of God's amazing grace and mercy, even at the cross, even at the cross. And it has become one of the most powerful pictures of God's unconditional love, told now through generation after generation after generation, as each one of us has read it in Scripture, and those who've gone before us have read it in Scripture, and as each one of us have told the story, we've heard it many times at Easter and other times in the year, we've heard the story over and over again, and the story of unconditional love is told to us through an unnamed criminal. What an incredible and powerful story. God never ceases to amaze me how he can use ordinary people to do incredibly extraordinary things, amen. And as we read this story, there are actually some things, there are three things we're gonna look at today, three things that we're gonna look at that we can learn through this unnamed man. And I wanna share uh, these things with you today and I really pray that they encourage you. Are you ready for the first one? Okay, the first one, he saw clearly. He saw clearly. 
few years ago, I went and got my eyes tested. I was doing a whole lot of squinting. I was doing a whole lot of like leaning way too close to my laptop, leaning into the television. Steve would come into the lounge and he'd be like, what are you frowning at? <laughs> because I'd just be sitting there looking like this at the TV and I realized I think I need to go and get my eyes tested. And I'll be honest, I've never ever been to get a proper like legit eye test. I've only had those ones that you do when they give you your driver's license. And so I went in to get my eyes tested at a proper optometrist. Boy, that's an experience, can I tell you? And uh, yeah, so it, it, it is the most awkward appointment. It's the strangest appointment I've ever had because there comes a point in the test where they, um, they, they, they trying to take photos of your eyeball, but they're trying to take a photo of your eyeball after they have shot little bouts of air into your eye. This, there is no amount of warning that can prepare you for little shots of air going into your eye, into your eyeball. And as they're taking the photo, this guy just keeps shooting these shots of air into my eye and keeps trying to take these photos. And he keeps saying to me, can you please keep your eye still? I'm like, can you please stop shooting little things of air into my eye? And then I might be able to keep it still. He was getting frustrated, I was getting frustrated. I think it took about 30 goes for me to be able to keep my eye still so he could take this photo anyway. I learned I needed glasses. I actually need to wear them. I stop wearing them. I need to wear them. That's a word from the Lord. I need to wear my glasses. Uh, anyway, I've learned I needed glasses, right? I needed glasses. And I can remember the moment that I put on what my prescription would look like. Oh, what a revelation. Guys, when I walked out of that store with my new glasses on and I said to Judah next, I said, but telling, is this, is this what you see? Like, boy, oh boy. Like I just could, I, all of a sudden I could see clearly. I thought I could see, but I couldn't see a thing. I thought, I thought I could see, but I was not really seeing clearly. And this unnamed thief on the cross, although he was there because of his dishonesty in his life, there was actually one thing he was real honest about. There was one thing he was real honest about, and that was seeing the state of his own life clearly. He saw, and he was honest about his sin, he was honest about his failings, and he was honest about his need for a savior. And I think all too often, and listen, I know this to be true in my own life, but I think all too often we can live with this long-term denial. It's like we're living with the glasses off. It's like we're living with our eye, with our hands covering our eyes. This denial of sin in our life, this denial of what's really going on, and so often... And I, listen, this is not just you. This is me too, right? So often we can live and we're not really being honest with ourselves. We're not really seeing ourselves clearly. And because of that, we are also not getting freedom from some of those things, those issues. And so we live with it. We cover it up. We pretend it's not there. We deny all the things that are really going on in our world. And for years we can live with the same issues, don't we? We can live with the same brokenness. We can live with the same old stuff, just going round and round, the same addictions. But listen, if we could be like this unnamed thief on a cross, if we could see really clearly, just put those glasses, if we could really see clearly, if we could see ourselves and just be honest, and maybe if we could humble ourselves, maybe it's in that place of humility and honesty that we actually could let God in and let him begin to heal us. 
Because the Bible says that if we confess our sins to God, he'll forgive us. It says it in 1 John 1 verse 9. It also says in James 5 verse 16 that if we confess our sins to one another, we'll find healing. We'll find healing because it's that partnership of, of humility and honesty that go hand in hand, that help us to walk a journey of healing, the same journey of healing that this unnamed thief found. And I wonder today if we could allow ourselves to look with a different set of asses, a set of glasses that open our eyes. Oh my goodness, that's not in Steve's notes. This message is going places Steve never imagined. <laughs> I wonder if we could look with a different set of glasses. We <laughs> We could see our own condition. We could see clearly. We could be honest with ourselves. We might actually discover that maybe there's some stuff that we need God to deal with in, my, in our lives. God clearly has got to deal with some stuff in my life. But maybe, maybe we, like the thief on the cross, we might too get this new revelation, this revelation of God's grace, this revelation for God's mercy that even in my sin, even in my sin, listen, we have got a team of people that would actually just love to be able to start that journey with you. And, you know, after the service, we're going to have a team of people that they pray. Every single week, they're up here praying for people. And one of the, the hearts of those people standing up there is that whole uh, confession, forgiveness, healing, working the, walking the journey together. And, and we would love it if there is something in your word. And right now, you're realizing that you're seeing something clearly in your life and you want to be able to get someone to pray that through with you, then come on down the front and our team would absolutely love to pray with you at the end of the service. He saw clearly. The second thing he did is he believed. He believed. You know, we all know the community grapevines, don't we? Those Facebook community grapevines. The world of Facebook grapevines is one of thousands of grumpy people's bad reviews and experiences. Like, listen, if I followed the narrative of the East Auckland grapevine, I would not want to live, eat, or visit East Auckland ever, ever, ever. Am I right? Because so many reviews, like so many reviews on there. I mean, it's one person writes, don't shop at Kmart Botany, worst service ever, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Another person writes, worst coffee in my life from Sandy's and Howick, never again. Don't, don't do yourself a favor and avoid the butcher in blah, blah, blah. Like, listen, if we listened to the narrative of everybody else, we wouldn't walk out the door of our house because of all the narratives we receive. It's, but listen, it's funny because I shop at Kmart every day and I never seem to have a problem. <laughs> I mean, I don't come home with any issues. I come home with a lot of other things. <laughs> but no bad reviews. See, we can base our belief on the narrative of those around us or we can believe for ourselves. See, with Jesus, there were two criminals. One was simply repeating of the narrative, the narrative of the people around him, the mocking, the scorning, 
just like the Pharisees and the Roman soldiers, believing what they were saying about Jesus. But the other criminal, he didn't listen and base his belief off the narrative of the crowd. He didn't base it off the popular opinion, no. He believed for himself. And friends, this world will try and tell you all manner of things about Jesus. I mean, really, it's shouting loud all kinds of things about his word. It's telling us about his church. It's telling us all sorts of things about what the Bible is and, how, and, and what, it, you know, what it says. And the, the question is not, what do they believe? The question is, what do you believe? What do you believe? Matthew 16, verse 13, it says this. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said to him, well, some people say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But he said to them, but, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who do you say that I am? I want to ask you this question, and I want to ask it to you, not just if you're new to church here. I don't want to just ask it if you're new on the journey of faith, or maybe if you're brand new to church and you've never been here before. I want to ask it of every single one of us. I want to ask it of those of us who have been here for years. I want to ask it of those of us who have grown up in church, grown up in a Christian home. I want to ask it of you if you have been a part of the journey of faith for decades, because here's what I have come to understand. I've come to understand that many times in our faith, we can base our faith off the coattails of somebody else's faith. So often we can believe because our parents believed. Or we can believe because our family or our culture or our tradition, and yet we are often still to ask that question for ourselves or answer that question for ourselves. What do I believe? When it comes to faith, when it comes to the word, to prayer, when it comes to biblical community, listen, when it comes to generosity, to service, to salvation, to the Holy Spirit, what does, not what does my pastor believe? Not what does, do my parents believe, not what do my peers believe, not what does social media tell me, but what do I really believe? What do I believe? And there comes a time when we all have to cross that road. We all have to answer that question. And here at the cross, hanging next to Jesus, the criminal, he believed for himself. He believed for himself. He believed. He saw clearly and he believed. Third and final thing. He trusted. He trusted. When I was a teenager, I did a tandem skydive. I think if I remember rightly, I was about 13 or 14 years old. And as a parent of a 12-year-old, I'm thinking, had my parents lost their minds? <laughs> I cannot even begin to think what made them say yes to that request of a 13, 14-year-old. Now, listen. As a 14-year-old, it felt awkward being strapped on to the front of another person. But I don't think there's anything more awkward than when I watch Steve do a skydive as an adult. I mean, doing a tandem skydive as an adult male strapped to the front of another grown man. <laughs> like, like, that's real interesting, right? That's an interesting experience. You are strapped to the front, it's like being in a baby front pack. <laughs> Except for you can both put your feet on the ground. Like, it's like you are seat belted into the permanent spoon position. 
with a stranger. Now you jump out of that plane, hey. Like you jump out of that plane and you jump out of a perfectly good aeroplane. That's what makes this all interesting. And you plummet to your doom, hoping and trusting that that parachute opens. As I, am I right? And listen, as you're falling to the earth, completely out of your depth, helpless, utterly helpless, and it's in that moment, although it's awkward, it's in that moment you are deeply thankful for the man who is strapped to your back. <laughs> because he knows what he's doing. He has expertise. He has experience that you desperately need in, your, in that moment. It's in that moment that you realize that there's something far more important than where you are. And that's who, it's who's with you. Who is with you? I'm going to get the band to come and join me now. See, for this unnamed thief, this unnamed thief that hung on a cross, the presence and reality of Jesus is of far greater consequence than the consequence of the cross he was currently nailed to. And it's in that place of pain that he simply puts his trust in the one who was with him in his suffering. You know, we know that Jesus is the son of God. He was God incarnate, God in the flesh. And so in an instant, he could have saved that criminal from the cross that he was on, couldn't he? He could have clicked his wing fingers. He could have done anything to save him from the cross, but he didn't. He didn't. And isn't that so true of life? Isn't it so true that we find ourselves in so many circumstances and we're praying and we're really hoping, and we're really trying to stir up some faith, and we're hoping, Jesus, can you just click your fingers, and can you just make this all go away? See, we believe in miracles, and we pray for them, and often we see them. But isn't it also so true that there are circumstances on our journey where God doesn't move as we hoped he would? And it's in those moments that we don't that we have to trust, not in the one who fixes everything for us, not in the one who's going to click his fingers and make everything disappear, but in the one who's present with us in everything. A number of years ago, I was battling with a chronic health issue. It was a five-year journey, and throughout those five years, I prayed. Boy, did I pray. I prayed and I prayed that God would take it away that God would heal me. And it felt like so many times my prayers fell on deaf ears. And I wanted him to snap his fingers. And I wanted him to just fi fix me. I wanted him to just take it away. And he didn't. And there have been so many situations in our life, I know where Steve and I have had to change our prayer. We've had to change our prayer from God fix this, God heal me, to God we trust in you. We've had to change our prayer from God, take away this circumstance, to God, I'm, I'm just, I need to trust you. We've had to change our prayer from God, would you change the situation? Would you, would you make it better? To God, I'm going to trust you. Changing our prayer from God, fix it, fix it. To Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that you are with me in this circumstance. See, God never promised a pain-free life but he promised to be present with us in every season and to work all things together for our good. And for some of you here today, I believe God is simply calling you 
to trust him again, to trust him again. You know, this unnamed criminal, we don't know his name, but we know his story. He doesn't have a name in the book of fame. He doesn't have a plaque anywhere with his name and his accolades. He's not, his name isn't written on some wall of honor anywhere, and yet his story is one of the most powerful stories that if we could learn from it, could change our lives. Not just our lives today, but our lives in eternity. Because this criminal he saw, he believed, and he trusted. He saw, he believed, he trusted. Actually, three simple things that can completely, if we could grab a hold of them, turn our lives upside down. Upside down. Let me pray for us today. Thank you, Lord. God, we're so thankful for this unnamed criminal. Lord, I don't think he would have thought anybody would be thankful for him. But we are, Lord. We're thankful for his story and the story that it tells us. And God, today, we ask that you would open our eyes. Open our eyes, Lord, to the things in our life that we need your mercy and grace in. God, help us to see clearly. Help us to see with a different set of glasses, Lord. Help us to see the things in our life that we need to turn back and surrender to you again, Lord. Right now, reveal to us areas in our life that we need your grace, your forgiveness, and your mercy. And God, today we also, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us in the same way that you did this man on the cross. Lord, that we wouldn't listen to what the world says, to what culture says, to what social media says about you, but Lord, we would trust in our own revelation of who you are. And we choose to believe that you are the Son of God today. And Lord, we put our trust in you, God. And we know, God, that you are not necessarily going to come in and fix everything and magically take everything away, God. But we're so thankful, Lord Jesus, for your presence in every circumstance. And right now, I just pray for every person in this room who's walking through a journey that feels like their prayers are being unanswered. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for people who are walking that long, they're going the long way around. God, right now, I pray that they would sense your presence online. Those watching online, they're feeling so distant, so alone, so far from God, like he's not moving or speaking in their life, Lord God. I just pray, oh Lord, that they would sense a greater sense of your presence in their life, Father, that we would know, Lord, that you are with us, that you are present with us in every season. You know, in this scene with this criminal, this unnamed criminal, we, we actually see three crosses, two criminals with Jesus in the middle. And this picture is actually a picture of the world. Jesus in the middle. On one side was a man rejecting Jesus and dying in his sin. And on the other side, a man who accepts Jesus and receives eternal life. And my question for us today is which one of those are you? Upon which cross are you? Because when it comes to these two criminals, you could say one thing, one is dying and the other is about to live. 
And I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment for every single one of us. And this prayer is this defining moment, the same as this, these criminals on the cross. And, and I'm offering today the same choice where we can either continue on our life of sin without God or we can choose today to live a new life with Him because God loves you. He loves you and He created you with a plan and a purpose and there is actually no one in this world who is exempt from His love. There is no one in this world who is not created by Him to live for Him. But our sin, it separates us from God. The mistakes that we make, the way we turn, try and do it our own way to define good and evil for ourselves, it separates us from God. But God, in His mercy and grace, He sent His Son Jesus to come and live a sinless life on earth. And just like in, his, in this story right now, to die a sinner's death on a cross, the sinner's death that He didn't deserve, to pay the debt that we would do for our sin. And today I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to invite every single person in this room to pray this prayer with me. But I'm specifically speaking to those today. Maybe you've never prayed this prayer or if you're honest, you'll say, Bex, I am far from God right now. I know right now I need to get back to Him. I need to turn my life around. This is your moment. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'll pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. Online, you can do this. This works at home too. You can join us in doing this. Are you ready? We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you paid the debt that I was due. I choose your forgiveness today. Thank you that you have given me new life and that you have a plan and a purpose for me. I choose this day to follow you in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to be able to see and acknowledge who I prayed for today. I'm not going to call you to the front. I won't embarrass you at all. I simply would love to be able to see and know who I prayed for today. If you're saying, Bex, count me in on that prayer. Online, you can do this as well. You're saying, Bex, count me in. There's a button that's going to come up. It says, I raise my hand. In the room, on the count of three, I'm going to allow you to raise your hand. Be bold, be brave. Are you ready? One, two, three. You can lift your hand right now. Say, Bex, count me in. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You're saying awesome over the side. Yes, I see you. You're saying, Bex, can you count me in on that prayer? Yeah, I see you online. Thank you. I see you. You're saying, Bex, would you count me in? Yeah, I've got you down the front here. Thank you. Awesome. You're saying, Bex, count me in. I prayed that prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we're so thankful for every single person who prayed that prayer, both in the room and online. God, I thank you for the freedom, the grace, and the new life that they found in you. Lord, we're so proud of them. We pray your protection and your blessing and your abundance over them. Jesus, as, every, as heaven celebrates, Lord, we celebrate too. Come on, church, would you give God some praise and thank him for lives transformed and turn around. Wonderful. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.